Welcome to the Recruitment Flex with Serge and Shelly. I'm Serge. And I'm Shelly. And we talk all things recruitment starting right now. Welcome to another week of the Recruitment Flex. I'm joined by my much older partner, Shelly Billinghurst. How's it going, Shelly? I'm doing really well, Serge. And there's something about being my age where no matter what you say, it doesn't bother me. Do you know, I honestly, like you can call me old, you can call me a boomer. I really don't give. I'm giving you a hard time. I really don't. Shelly, I'm giving you a hard time because I'm pissed at you. You're just ready to ditch me to go over to Chad and Cheese and It did sound like like a job offer. It really did. Um, Yeah, but how quick did you jump at it? Like you jumped at it right away. You didn't even think about me. I feel like the jilted boyfriend that you found someone better and you're just leaving me on the side of the road. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? No loyalty. No loyalty. But anyway, no, not at all. Listen, they were so gracious. I I know they were just being very kind and it was very nice of them. But yeah, I knew I knew that was going to get under your. I'm sorry, Serge. I know you're sensitive. I should be. I, I am very sensitive, I but I should, I should be careful about. And, and this is why I booked the guest that we have today, because I need someone to tag team in a particular topic as far <laughs> no as problem. we're going to be on you because. Okay. All right. Because uh, how about we introduce our guests? You go ahead. Okay, you bet. You bet. And so I have the honor and the privilege of uh, introducing our guest today, Matt Baxter, CEO of Wedge, who comes to us from the hotbed of tech in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. And it is true that Grand Rapids, Michigan, or Michigan in itself, is really quite a tech hub. Am I right? I don't know if I've ever actually heard that Grand Rapids is a tech hub. Ann Arbor is a tech hub, but there's definitely some companies coming closer to it as well, too. But Okay. So how far are you from Ann Arbor, then? Where about uh, are you? So I live in Grand Rapids. I grew up in Ann Arbor, so it's about three hours. So we do the hand in Michigan. Obviously, if you're posting video, we can do the hand. But so it's over on the east side and then west side of the state is Grand Rapids, where I live at now. Yeah, yeah, yep. Okay, got it. Tell us about your journey, Matt. We want to know more about Wedge. And I know everyone is probably trying to make the connection as to why Serge needed your uh, muscle (laughs) 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 to tackle me on what is Wedge. And But first of all, talk to us about and share with us your journey into HR and the recruitment industry. Uh, the journey is as linear as it gets. Business number one was a landscaping and lawn care company. So you can obviously naturally see the ties between those two. Yeah. I started my first business, aka like the chubby neighbor kid that pushed mowed a few lawns at age 15. So my very first customer owned a funeral home. And so basically every time somebody died in the community, I had job security because they needed me to mow the next day. So it's one of the weirdest things to learn at 15 or 16 is that you get job security when people die. So that was interesting. But fast forward, my senior year of high school, hired my first full-time employee. So from Ann Arbor, I went to a little college in Holland, Michigan called Hope. And so they're about three hours away from each other. And so when the business was growing, I was back and forth during weekends and stuff in the summer and, and growing the business, but needed some help. And so I had my first taste for hiring. So that, I guess that's, we can say that's where I started in HR per se. But when I, by the time I'm a junior in college, had about seven employees to probably hired 25 or 30 people, which has been a lot of fun. And quickly, one of the things that I realized is that I didn't really care if you knew how to mow a lawn or weed whack, I could teach you those things. But what I couldn't teach you is, you know, how to be a personal, how, how to have a conversation, how to shake somebody's hand, how to, if we ruin somebody's 
law on how to go up to the person's house and say, hey, this is what we're going to do. Those are things you can't teach. And so I quickly learned that there were some gaps in the hiring process in my very small world. And that was the first taste. I had a chance to sell the business. I got approached by a local conglomerate, had an opportunity to sell the business. This would have been when I was 21. So this would be six years ago in July when I sold the company, which was a blast. And then that was the first step into where the idea wedge came from. So when I, shortly after, when I sold the lawn care company, I was thinking a little bit through the hiring. So this would have been my sophomore year, summer, going into junior year in college. I was thinking to myself, okay, with my lawn care company, I was having some headaches of hiring. And basically you had to bring somebody in person to work for a day to figure out if it was going to be a good fit. So that was inefficient. The flip side of my world is I'm a junior in college sitting with a bunch of my friends who are all applying for internships, applying for jobs. And they're basically saying the same thing. Like all the jobs we're applying for require three to five years resume experience. There's no way for me to be able to articulate who I am or more about who I am above and beyond traditional mechanisms like resumes, cover letters, anything single dimension, basically single sheets of paper. So my, my initial thought was, can we create in some way, shape or form, not even leveraging video to begin with, but could we create a platform that allowed companies to have a better understanding of who people are before they walked in the door and then to have a candidate have an opportunity to share their story above and beyond just traditional mechanisms like resumes, cover letters, et cetera. So the adolescent idea of five years ago, six years ago, is we set out to be a video, video platform, a video interview platform that allowed, like I just said, for, for, to solve some of the inefficiencies in the hiring when it comes to companies and then for candidates to be able to share their story above and beyond other mechanisms. And we believe video is one of the fantastic ways for that. Today, and where Wedge is at today is, we're we're a SaaS product. It's asynchronous or one way video interview. We and we'll dive into kind of you know the, oh, some various different stuff about that. I'm sure, but yeah, it's a pure asynchronous on demand video platform. We either integrate with ATSs or sell it direct to companies, and uh, that's the product as it sits. Yeah, yeah, Zach, helpful context. Thank you, thank you. Because yeah, I, I didn't. I just wanted you to. Kind path of is not clear there. at all. I was joking yeah. about that. <laughs> oh, okay. It's not. No, okay. Not traditional. That's for sure. But a good understanding. I'd like you to start with like why one way interviewing is it going to be a big part of talent acquisitions toolkit? Yep. So there's two sides to take this conversation on. There's one, why does it make sense for the company? And there's the other one, why is it actually a value-added candidate? So I will be the first to acknowledge that we've had an absolutely shitty way of approaching candidate experience from other one-way video interview vendors. So that traditionally has been a horrific experience, bad tech, you have to download apps. There's all this different stuff that is a complete nightmare. So Shelly, I'll actually agree with you because there are so many bad vendors out there that I like, I, I will like overall, there's a lot of negative things happening in the space and which is some of the things that we're trying to solve. So on the company side, the first and obvious bit would be the scheduling component. So with one-way video interview, we predominantly play in the, in the pre-screen space. So before you're actually spending the time of getting all of us on a call, hiring team, hiring managers, recruiters, we want to be a platform that allows you to actually have a decent understanding or decent vet before you go through the really expensive time of the hiring process to bring in multiple people aside. So one, we can eliminate a lot of the scheduling that is the headache of, you know, sort of first interviews all to find out in the first minute or two, it's going to be a bad candidate. It's a waste of all of our time. So the idea is to get a brief pre-screen to make sure that the people that you are going to vet is worth the company's time to do. So that's, Number one on the, on the uh, scheduling component, that's a big value add. And this is, again, speaking predominantly to the company side. The okay. second one, and well, I know this is one I want to double click on throughout this, but is the collaboration piece. So the moment you have a candidate complete a video interview, you can take that specifically with Wedge, and we're not the only one, but specifically with Wedge, you can take that video and share it with other people. That is beneficial for multiple reasons. Number one, uh, it allows just for other people's input on the candidate, which is phenomenal, allows for people to 
if I've had a heavy carb lunch and I'm watching a bunch of videos or looking at a bunch of resumes, I may be forgetting stuff or not taking good notes. But the moment I can send the same piece of information, not my interpretation of this, but the same piece of information and pass it along to other people. The collaboration piece is incredible. Step, step further, take that a step beyond is that it also can be a platform that we can leverage and use to uh, reduce discrimination cases because you, we can all watch the same exact video. So with majority of discrimination cases happen with single person reviewing resumes, single person on Zoom calls, single people in-person interviews, right? That's the majority of bias and discrimination happens linear between one person and one candidate, one reviewer. Whereas leveraging something like a collaboration tool, you can send it to more people and allow for other people's eyes to reduce bias and discrimination by adding more people as well too. So that's on the company side and I can talk based on the candidate side. Okay. So yep. I get your explanation, but I also have 25 years of doing this myself. Yep. So the fact is your pre-screen, you're right. Scheduling is just a fucking nightmare. It's a waste of time. It should not be where recruiters spend their time. Because on the client side, the recruiter badge of honor is I'm so busy, <laughs> right? They want anything. Anybody can sell anything to a recruiter if you tell them that they can save time. Here's what I can't quite calculate is if I've got how many candidates to do a pre-screen. I think a really good recruiter will pre-screen five people and get it down to three. Uh, can I, clarifying question, pre-screen yeah. five, five phone screens? Pre-screen. That means okay. they, they so through whatever means, you're not bringing in 15 people to pre-screen or calling 15 people to pre-screen them to find out that they've got three other offers right now. And if we can't make them an offer in 24 hours, they're gone. Yep. Like, oh, okay. So there's one piece, time. And so calling and speaking to a human being, there's some value in that. So I get that. But if you're volume hiring and say, as a recruiter, I'm sending out, say there's 50 people and each video is three to five minutes. Is that reasonable? Yeah. Yeah. That's, our average that's four is hours. That's four hours of video that I need to now watch. Yep. That's not saving me time, Matt. It's not. I've got uh, four plus hours of video to watch and then decide, oh, and now I'm actually going to ask how many managers to watch four hours of video. And if you, if you think resumes have bias, try watching somebody on video. It adds to bias. I don't think it takes away from it. I hmm. think you are setting yourself up to be because all of it's now recorded, you can see exactly who has said what. Did that person make it to the next phase? You don't mean to tell me that people are going to judge you in five minutes or less, even more? No, I think it's a terrible idea. So the, I'll, I'll touch briefly on the first one. I get your point of what you're trying to make about the four hours of time of watching videos. But to your previous point, a good recruiter is only going to phone screen five. And so what we can allow somebody to do is not, not, I'm not telling somebody to go watch 50 videos, but I'm saying you're going to take 50 resumes and determine the top 10 to 15 that you think are at least worth pursuing in some way, shape or form. Then you have them do a video. And so you're going from 50 resumes to 10 to 15 videos rather than 10 to 15 phone screens that you may consider. Maybe you only can do five. 
So now you're telling me that you're arbitrarily coming out with those 15 different resumes. You're going to whittle down the ones to phone screen, or we can actually be a platform that allows you to see all 15 and then determine which ones are worth phone screening. So we could potentially take those 15 videos and turn it to five phone screens or three phone screens, rather than you trying to do 10 phone screens or 15 phone screens. So I agree with your point. If, if the expectation is 50 resumes, 50 videos, 50 phone screens, but that's not the case. It's 50 resumes, five, maybe try scheduling seven phone screens down to five that are worthwhile. And then three, you make an offer, again, arbitrary numbers. But I 100% agree. I never and will never give a company the encouragement to every candidate, every resume you review, you should also review. But to me, it's a secondary stage that determine who is worth spending that time, or at least be, you're, you're going to weed out the ones that are immediately not going to be not going to be worth your time that you're going to do anyways. That, because I agree, that first judgment is happening in the first three to five minutes anyways with recruiters. And if, if we're denying that, we're, we're, we're wrong because people are making that same determination. So all we're doing now, this is where I want to talk on the point of bias and discrimination. Number one, you now have a system of record. So to your point, I'm going to flip that on its head. You actually have a platform. You can revert back as a company and say, here's why we're not racist. Here's not why we chose to hire and move this candidate through the process because of this response or not this response. So you actually have something you can revert back to. Whereas in a phone screen, all you're good is somebody's notes and you can't report that. So now it's he said, she said, and, and the candidate's going to win every time. And so to me, it's a system of record you can actually go back for. Last piece on that is that the moment you get more people's eyes on it, the more bias and discrimination. It, and again, I'm not even talking about video. But if the three of us look at a resume, our collective database is going to be, we're going to have a better chance of reducing our bias and discrimination the moment we have three of us on versus just me. I'll, I'll be the first to admit it. Same thing with a video. Same thing if we were on a Zoom call. Same thing if we were in person. And so what this is doing is the efficient point of who that person is, how they present themselves, because that stuff does matter. Like anybody who says the way somebody presents themselves, I think there's time and a place. I think there's very specific roles that it does work for. I'm not saying it's one-stop shop, so I want to acknowledge that too. But some of that does matter. And at the end of the day, you are going to bring that person in person. And so there's, again, if you're doing one-on-one -on -one interviewing, you're exposing yourself to so many different ways where we can help solve some of that beforehand. So okay. that's my brief responses in all three. There's a lot in there. So the other thing I'm hearing is that this is best when you're hiring, I need a one of something. Because if you are hiring 50 of the same thing in terms of role, you need 50 people to work in safety or security, then it's, that's not the application or is it like, where is the video interviewing? Where is it best suited? Yeah. So if I'm, under perspective. if I'm understanding correctly, basically what you're saying is that it I'm just trying to clarify, you're, you're talking about it's not good for batch hiring. So I need to hire 50 of the same role and we're going to go get 50, you know, 5,000 resumes with the intention of hiring 50 people at once. Whereas is that what you're getting at? I just want to make yes. sure. I'm, yes. Yeah, versus yeah. I need a, a web developer. Yeah, I guess I would probably need to see the angle of why that wouldn't work because we, we help hire batch all the time. So our, our predominant plays that we make are retail, high turnover, sales, manufacturing and logistics and hiring of at-home nurses. So I'm not going to come out and say we're going to help CEOs hire with this. Yeah, to that point, I think exactly. I was thinking more in those types of roles that it works really well because I've done batch hiring. And when you're hiring 50 of one, doing 100 phone screens that on average take 25 to 30 minutes on top of scheduling compared to I can take three to five minutes, look at the videos, see at the initial 
they have the basic skill sets. I'm going to bring them forward. It's a massive time saver for me. So I'm trying to figure out why, Shell, you think it wouldn't be for a batch hiring. Yeah, Shell, truthfully, I would actually love your perspective on that. I'd, I'd like if, if we need to be thinking about steering one way or the other. I know you just hate video interviews. We're not, we haven't got to the best part yet. No, I can't wait. Because I, I do want to talk about candidate experience as well. 100%. And I guess when I think about if I need to hire 50, the challenge is just that, that there's got to be technology that helps you take the nightmare of 1000 people have applied and you need to fill 50 or 90 positions. That is just, it's just soul sucking work for any recruiter, recruitment administrator to go through a thousand documents. So there's got to be technology to, to really help us do that because if you need 90 of the same and you've already done the qualifying questions and that they at least have written on a document that they have a safety certificate that's required or a driving certificate that's required, then it really comes down to getting that down to your top candidates where I don't know where's the value add of putting video in there. Because if you've got the technology that will take you from a thousand resumes to your top, say 150 hiring ratio of three to one. So where's the value add of having them do a video? Because it's because in volume hiring, it's about if I've got 90 people to do the same basic work, like it's, I'm not saying that cultural fit or whatever is a big part of it, but you've got 90 people to hire. Like, where is this saving me time or making the process better? So you're not phone screening them and you're not interviewing them? No, they've all, like, it'd be impossible. Like it would be physically impossible. That's why we need scheduling technology, schedule Mm. them to come in and do the interview. If you've met the criteria and I've taken it down from a thousand candidates now to 150, how do you get that down to your 50 hires? And, and, and how let, is the video interviewing helping me? I, I oh know God. the last time you did mass hiring, uh, resumes were sent by pigeon carriers. So it's been <laughs> a little while since you've been doing it, Shelly. But putting oh my context, God, you're an ass. <laughs> the technology that people use to take those 1,000 to 150, say, uh, to use your example, has nothing to do with actually getting those candidates in front to do interviews because before I'm going to get these people to do interviews with my hiring managers who if they were hiring 50 to 100 they're extremely busy I need to phone screen them that never goes away so this basically replaces me phone screening them so now I don't need to schedule I don't need to take 20-25 minutes to talk to them we're never going to bring in people to do interviews with our hiring managers without talking to them or seeing how they are and how they present themselves. The technology, as far as you're probably talking about AI matching, it takes the resume, gives a score, brings it down. Okay, these are the top 150 candidates based on the AI matching score. I'm still not going to put those candidates forward until I've seen how they present themselves, either by talking to them or to do video. I don't know if you agree, Matt. Just to clarify, we're talking about a thousand candidates whittled down by some AI vetting mechanism or some wonderful algorithm of how well you write language and you can just pay your way and just fake your way into a resume because those things are so accurate. Great. I'll give my opinions on those later. But point of that is you go from a thousand, you go from a thousand to 150 somehow. Great. We will acknowledge it. Again, I want to be clear. I'm not saying that the thousand all need to do a video interview and somebody needs to review those. Not saying that at all. But at some point, we whittled the resumes down to at least the ones that we think meet, at least meet the qualifications because the job requires some form of predetermined qualification. Okay. Right. Then the next stage would be 
I would assume in this conversation that 150, are you directly hiring them without phone screen, without interview, any of that? If so, great. Sounds like you figured out all of hiring. Let me know how those metrics are, those candidates worked out, because I think we need to implement that more. I know it doesn't. 50% of hires are wrong. There's no chance any of that's And if you're just looking at resumes, probably like 80%. So you're probably going to, I'm going to assume, probably going to phone screen or probably going to do some form of interviewing. Okay. If you're talking about an hour and a half, two hour long technical interview, again, I would refer you to doing a technical hour and a half long, two hour, but you're not, you're probably doing a 15 minute, some low skilled recruiter who's talking on the phone to make sure this person picks up, shows up on time. Then you hire them. A five minute video will give you every piece of information that that one recruiter is going to write down, let alone a recruiter's fatigue of being able to do 50 to 60 to 70 calls. There's a diminishing return when it comes to that. We both know that. I'm not, I'm preaching the choir on that. But the question, the four to five questions you're going to ask on a phone screen, those are going to be the same stock questions. There's going to be three minutes of banter beforehand and three minutes of banter afterwards. That's not that important because the, the gotcha. company can't even pretend that it's that important. Gotcha. So again, I'm operating under the assumption that that would be yeah. the next step and we can solve that entirely. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Sold <laughs> for volume hiring. So here's how I feel. You're, I love that you've opened my eyes on certainly if you've got 150 candidates, you're right. You, like, you have to talk to them. You have to see or hear. And I absolutely know the fatigue and how many people we have burnt out, especially when we've got this happens year over year. I've got lots of clients where that is the case. Every year they need to hire 4,000 people. 4,000 people and they bring them on, they onboard them and then they offboard them because it's, it is like these huge projects anyways. So I get how that would really be a more efficient way when you've got thousands to hire, not always over the same thing, but certainly if you have 90 of the same, that is work that this could be, and you're right, cutting out the niceties. How's the weather? Like, oh my God. Am I getting, am I going to get a testimonial for my book when I write about video interview right now? Cause come on, I think we're close. <laughs> okay. So let's, so let's switch that to when it's being used for something above an hourly job or something that is above the high volume hiring and that may be, and I know disrespect, but so for low skilled hourly pay, like you mentioned, retail or drivers, some drivers are very well paid, very high demand, but let's maybe shift this over to, I need to hire application developers. I need to hire a sales rep. I don't need to hire 10 of them. I need to hire the very best one right? Who's going to be successful. Looking from the candidate's perspective, if you were to ask a hundred people who did the, the one-way video interview and didn't get an interview, tell me what you think out of a hundred people, they didn't get interviewed. They went nowhere. Tell me what their experience would be. So a hundred people completed a video interview, sorry, a hundred people completed a video interview. And they did not get the, they, they did not get a next stage or they didn't get any that. Correct. Specific. Correct. Okay. Tell me what they would say their experience was. So using wedge or current, current other players in the space, because most people in the space would say this about uh, asynchronous video interview. It was awkward. I only got one chance. I had to download an app that sucked and I didn't really know what happened quickly. That's what people say about the industry. I will be the first to acknowledge that it sucks. It's, like it's something that is a it's been traditionally a horrific experience and and we are working 
like literally it's it, and I and I don't want to overly pitch, but that's exactly what we're trying to solve. So my personal life thesis is that I believe everybody has a story and those stories are worth telling. So how do we go about telling those stories through technology? Okay, so the first thing, let's just set up a job. For example, put a candidate through that job. Number one, we need to set up a series of questions via asynchronous interview. So let's say we're going to do somewhere between three and five. You should never do more than 10. It, the only time I would ever you consider do more than five is if there's very prescriptive technical questions that you're trying to do, but that's a whole nother. So that's an edge case. But I would recommend every single company do somewhere between three and five, no more. Three is a little bit, three is okay. You don't want to do two or one, but typically three to five, okay? You should give a candidate no more than two minutes, but no less than one minute. And you should give them retakes every single time, give them retakes. The only person in the planet that should not get retakes is me. Somebody who's pitching all day long, somebody who's trying to get investors, somebody who's on podcasts. So that, but, but those are anomalies, right? Those get, I'm not making myself more important, but I'm saying I'm the only person that literally I get one 30 second bit to wow you to whether raise capital or speak at a conference. Every single other role should get retakes, like hard stop. Because number one, it's new. Number two, and we can get into the nuances of how many retakes because you don't want to be perfect and all that. I'll talk about that in a sec. But you should allow retakes because predominantly in the industry, okay. that's number one. Retakes have been traditionally not offered. You need to offer it. Number two, and there are some vendors that do this and we're pushing very heavily. There needs to be a, and we're actually about to launch our new candidate experience, which you guys need to see at some point. But you need to have basically call it a waiting room where you can practice because Video is new. We all discovered what Zoom was a year ago, and that's a new thing. And so some people have background, some people don't. Some people. So number one, the vendor needs to supply or the company needs to supply some tips and tricks on how to complete. So I think that's I think that's hard, fast, absolutely need to do that. Secondly, you need to allow the candidate to actually complete some form of a practice question. It can be very simple, can be yeah. very easy. It doesn't, but that, that just needs to happen. The other thing from a company standpoint, I would challenge most companies that you need to be way more lighthearted about the questions that you're asking. Because at the end of the day, why you're doing an initial phone screen, why you're doing a video interview, why you're doing that initial in-person interview is that you're trying to get some form of cultural fit to say, can you tolerate this person in some way, shape or form and to move them on to the next stage of the hiring process? That's a lot of times what's happening. And so I think companies are too aggressive with the questions they're asking. I think it needs to be pretty lighthearted and pretty much tailoring that, let the person answer what, however they want to answer on whatever topic, but get a feel for who that person is. That would be how I would encourage companies to set up questions. Candidate side, one thing that we are the only vendor that does this is we're the only person that doesn't require a candidate to download an app. So whether it's an assessment, whether it's uh, some form of background check, whether, whatever it is, there are so many times you have to download a one-off app. And it does, I don't care what you're talking about, that sucks. Downloading an app is horrific. And so we have intentionally invested a lot of time and resources into making sure the candidate does not have to download the app to complete the video interview. They can do it on their desktop, laptop, tablet, Google Chrome. It doesn't matter that it's a web-based solution. So that's something that makes it just a softer experience in the candidate in general. I would push all HR tech vendors on challenging them whether a native app is that important or not. It's easier tech to build. I'll answer that. It's way easier tech to build, but it's something that actually is a pretty crappy candidate experience to download one app for something. So that we've intentionally done that. We've intentionally put a lot of resources in so that the candidate can click one email and we're not done yet. So we're also releasing text. That's the next one of invite by text or reminder systems by text. Right now it's to an email and they click the link and they're presented right in and they're allowed to do a test question. They're allowed to do practice questions. And then they jump into the actual experience of recording. Again, given retakes, given the chance to rewatch. Oh, I didn't realize I said that. I need to redo it again. Okay, great. 
move them on to the next stage, and then you're done. The idea is that it takes less than 15 to 20 minutes. Now, some people want to be more prepared than that. That's great. But for me, I think there's some very, number one, from a software company's perspective, and number two, from just a, let's think a little bit humanity-wise, um, that we can do some very simple things to improve this on the candidate side. If you were still, let me come back to my question, just maybe asked a slightly different way. You've got 100 people who did this, the way you've just described, retakes, no downloading of app. And of those 100 people, let's say they were all, they all got hired. What are they saying six months later about that experience, specifically the experience of a counter giving me two minutes to answer a question? What is the experience of speaking to a screen or a camera, unless you're a TikTok star, and you love looking at yourself in the camera. How do they feel about that experience? 100, 100 people, And they got the job. Yep. 100 people. They reflect back six months later on what it was like. What do they say? Number one, we have, and this is not me overly pitching, daily, I get candidates that send me LinkedIn messages, texts, any different things that says that was actually a really fun and awesome experience. And it was the first time I felt like I blindly submitted my resume to some ATS or job board, and I actually got a chance to submit something that somebody could look at. So number one, it was a touch point that I otherwise wouldn't have gotten other than an automated email and no interaction at all. This is actually an opportunity. And again, that's where it becomes the vendor's responsibility to make sure they have good, because if it's just a terrible experience, one take wonder and you're done, of course, that's not a good experience. But if you actually allow what, what I just talked about, then they're going to have a phenomenal experience. And so they're actually going to feel like, maybe if I didn't get the job, at least I had my story heard. At least I had at least a bit to say, this is a little bit about me. Or maybe there was something on my resume that says, hey, I know this, maybe I can't explain this, but I had the opportunity to do it. I'll give you a prime example. My mom was a nurse in Ann Arbor, moved to Grand Rapids. Her address was Ann Arbor applying for jobs in Grand Rapids. She is a nurse practitioner for not, and I'm not overly talking about my mom, but I'm saying she was a very good hire. The, the first three healthcare systems didn't review her because of her address. So she changed right. her address. And those were things that she literally could have explained in 10 seconds of a video. And somebody would have looked at that and say, oh, okay, now we understand why she's applying. There's things, and that's one minor example. But we, we have, and I've been shocked, truth be told, I've been shocked that in the company that we've built, we've had candidates blindly or arbitrarily reach out and say, we actually had a remarkable experience. And we're so excited. Like, we hope this gets adopted by more companies because it was fun. Like, we enjoyed it. So let me ask this. So the candidates that had a great experience. Yeah. Can I see from my perspective, can I see like I've submitted my video? Can I tell if they viewed it? Can I see that that they forwarded it? Can I see likes? Can I see is what is the feedback to the candidate where I know, like I have just gone through, I, I would say there's a percentage of people that will find this to be fun. And there's a percentage that find this to be absolutely the most inhumane thing you could do to somebody. What's the transparency? Yeah. So it's actually, it's a phenomenal question. As it sits right now, we have not allowed that to be reviewed by candidates. And we're actually going back through and figuring out if it's something we could do from, from a feature standpoint, we can. And so I, I'll bow to you for a second to say that would be a product. That would be something I think would be phenomenal work. Getting into the game of launching video resumes where there is a counter of how many people viewed it and potentially qualified people that have viewed it as well. So just know I get that. And that's something that we're figuring out. Number one, what is the ability to be able to do that? How long is that safe track? 
what information are you disclosing of who's watching it? There, there's some nuances of that that we're trying to be a little bit careful of, but no, that's being actively considered. Yes. Cool. So I want to chime in because there's a couple of <laughs> things as far as <laughs> I left the room for a while. <laughs> so I'm an actual user in the sense, not of Wedge, but a very similar platform that yep. Wedge has. And I have actual feedback from candidates. So I've done over 500 video interviews with a very similar platform. I've hired 60 people that have gone through. I can tell you, and I can back up the data that Matt is saying, I've not had one person that we've interviewed through video interview that's complained about it or that has given any negative feedback. Maybe they're feeling like that, but they're not sharing it. Of course I've they had, won't. Of course they won't, I, I've had tons no, on the opposite they, side. Who's got all the power in this relationship? You do. No, I, I'm you talking making about the hiring decision. That have been I will hired. fucking tell you anything you want to hear because you've got all the power, whether I get hired or not. Well, let's put this in they're perspective. They're not going to tell you that they hate have it. have been on board for, say, three months. I do a checkup with all of them. And part of my process as uh, a TA manager, I go through all new hires. I meet with them and go through their interview process, their onboarding experience to see if there's anything we can fix. Out of 60, I have not one person said, I did not like the video interview. We're already paying them. There's no longer, I'm not their boss. I'm a colleague to them now. So they have all the power in the world to tell me, you know what, this sucked. But in reality, they all tell me they really like it. I allow retakes. I allow, and my questions are more lighthearted, but they're also going driving to the bones that a pre-screen would give me as far as little things, as far as when are they actually available? What are the key things they're looking for in their role? So the questions are not in-depth. We go in-depth when we're doing our technical interviews, but this gives me an idea. Is this someone we should be talking to? Can they communicate in a way? And then when we talk about video Everything we do, Shelly, is on friggin' video. Video content is the biggest tool you can have right now to demonstrate your ability in, in the marketplace. It's not a Gen Z or millennial thing. I'm 40 years old and I'm doing videos every fucking day. Video interviews work, Shelly. I'm not, we're going to change subject after this, but I'm a big believer. It's not because I like Matt and I think <laughs> what he's selling is great. No, Serge. No, I'm, I'm not saying I'm working with this. Well, I maybe a get little bit. it. But here's at the end of the day, it just smacks of that 1970s do what I say mentality. Show me why we should hire you. Like that's well, that's why how, should you do it, why do a phone screen then? What's the point? Let's just hire everyone that comes and applies. <laughs> is that what you're saying? Because no. a phone screen is not a better experience. It's a horrible experience. No, I recruiter, and it's a hell of a search. You, you can't compare the two. This we're talking one way video one because it's a human being speaking to a human being. And if you're saying that do away with phone screens, there's technology that can make you more efficient, but it's still a human speaking to a human versus me speaking to a screen. That is not a human being. I cannot gauge your tone of voice. I cannot gauge anything, but you are measuring my ability to look at a camera and speak to it. Have That's you ever done a video doing. interview, Shelly? Serge, it's a screen that you're you speaking to one? and not a human being. Yes, I have. Have you ever, have you done one yes, with, I uh, have. with a, with actually an actor asking a question as well? I'm going to get to your point in a second, but have you done one that wasn't text-based? 
No. Let me introduce you to Wedge and this beautiful technology where we allow companies to actually record videos of themselves and implement it. So it's a way for a CEO to get an introduction to an intern when that intern would never have an opportunity to get that other than some manual or they get to get some quote from them. But it, or post it on act- the website. Yeah. Yeah. What's that? Just post the video of the CEO on the website. Yeah, that is not as personal, but when you actually go for your first interview and you get a chance to have somebody asking you a question, sure, it's a recording, but it's actually somebody asking a question. You get to respond to that as well, too. Whereas a phone screen also, number one, is that person equipped to be able to actually make good judgment calls? A lot of entry-level phone screens, no, I'm not ripping on recruiters, but there's a lot of really bad interviewers. And also, what's even more horrific, what's even more horrific about phone screens is that it's only as good as that person's notes. That's it. It's only as good as that person's notes. So it doesn't matter if you're talking human to human. All of that, no offense, bullshit goes out of the door because that person has to take notes and pass it to somebody else. Maybe it's a little bit more, but the the process and the actual data that's passing people along is horrific. Like 50% of hires are bad, good, bad. 50% of hires are wrong either way. Because so much of that is one person talking, one person taking notes at the same time, and then using that as a good mechanism to hire, Whereas we could all look at the same thing of the candidate and then sure phone screen. Great. I'm not saying get rid of all phone screens. What I'm saying is that if we're talking about the entry level, first point of contact interaction between that human being and the business, whether it's through screen, whether it's through person, whether it's through technology, whatever it is, the very first touch point of that person interacting with one other person is somebody taking notes to pass along, whether that person's right or wrong. That's no better. That's no more humane of a a process at all. You may be. Who does the phone screen generally in their recruitment department? The most junior person on a team does the phone screens in most organizations that I've seen and worked with. Are you getting the value out of that most junior unexperienced person making that judgment on that person? Is that a good candidate experience? And to predominantly asking the question, tell me your strengths, tell me your weaknesses. And you think those are important for job description? You think those are important for on the job stuff? No. So what you're describing is a poorly led recruitment process. And so to blame pre-screen on a 50% new hire failure rate, you're absolutely right. There's something absolutely wrong if you are, if only 50% of your hires are there or even show up for the job. You're right. There's something absolutely broken with that organization's hiring process. Absolutely. But to think you can solve it with this. So you're not sold. Show me the data that if you're talking, looking to fill one role versus you need to fill 4,000 roles, they're not the same. This is not an apples to apples conversation. Let me give you an example and Matt, I'll let you chime in. So I'm in the tech space. I hire web developers day in, day out. The challenge we're having right now is we can't get them on a phone screen. They have a day job. They're dealing with other companies if they're in the market. Video interview is the fastest way I've been able to get any type of response from them as far as doing a five-minute interview with us instead of scheduling a phone screen or an interview, which is a logistical nightmare because most of the time they're asking me to do 7 p.m., 8 p.m. I have three kids. I'm not doing screens at 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. at night. Time zones don't matter anymore. Whenever you do it, it's great. So there's that aspect, Shelly, that I think for even oh, for really sure. high-demand roles, yep. this is a way to assess out originally if this person... I should be pushing forward for a more technical interview. So I think there's value on each end, I think in the mass, but also in really hard to fill roles. We still need to change Shelly's mind. Eventually we will. And to give you an idea, Matt, I've been trying maybe four episodes. We've talked about this and I never got her to that point. Chad Sowash has tried, did not get through the point. 
So what I recommend you do, if you can, send one the version of your video interviewing and how you do it to Shelly to, to actually do it and experience it. Because if everyone's experience is what we've done with HireVue, yeah, that's bullshit. I'll tell you yeah, that. I- but I use it with a very similar platform as you. We record <laughs> a hiring manager talking about that particular role. So when the candidate gets, they get a video. Hey, this is Andy. Thanks for doing this. A little bit, this is how I worked. And it shows the guy in this natural element. He's in his, he's wearing all this gear. He's talking about the role. Then the questions come up. They can do three retakes is what I allow them. I think it's a fantastic experience. And are you willing to try it, Shelly? If we, if Matt here sends yes. you. Yes. Okay. And I will then, give you, I will give you an honest shot because one of the things I'm very good at is getting out of my chair and sitting in the candidate's chair Yeah. and feeling I know what it's like when there's a job that you're very interested in, you're considering like the absolute falling off a cliff. I'm going to quit my job and come work here. You cannot, I never, ever want to lose sight of what it feels like to be a candidate. Because I think when you do, you should get out of recruiting. 100%. Agree. You you shouldn't be in this business if you are not thinking about the fact that the, the power play that goes on here. As the employer, you have all the power. And I want to add, we're not perfect and we're not there yet, but I I don't want to say this as a soundbite. I want to say this truly, like we intentionally are listening to candidates, listening to recruiters, listening to people that despise one-way video. Like this, this is super helpful to me in ways that people who are totally against and and trying to actually implement change. And again, it's a very nice soundbite. I'm sure every CEO said that at some point in time, but truly that's what we want to do is because Nobody really has cracked that nut yet. And if we can come in and actually be something that a candidate's, I love that experience, then we've solved it and we can help the companies later. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Let's move on to another topic. So I I just want to ask you one question, thinking you're in the HR tech space, you're pretty familiar with what's going and what you're trying to do is improve the candidate experience and the customer experience as far as the clients. But what do you think is going to be the biggest disruptor in TA tech in the next five years? Anything that you're seeing that uh, we should all be aware of? I think that high level, I think that there's going to be consolidation in the industry. I think that tech predominantly right now has been, I don't know if it was true as much five to 10 years ago, but now it's like organizations are very focused on marketplace play. And so we want to be a a vendor that has all these different options, pick and choose what you want. And typically it ends up defaulting to the same exact vendors, whether it's an ATS, HRIS, whatever. So I see from a financial standpoint, I actually see a lot of backing from private equity groups are actually going to look at rolling very particular technologies up I want an ATS, I want a video interview solution, I want a background check company, I want all that and, and scooping that up and taking it public. But I think ultimately the biggest opportunity here, and just this is gonna cue you guys up for a little bit of what we're trying to do is, I think you solve a problem if you're actually presenting qualified candidates to people. That's true with recruiting, that's what the whole recruiting industry is. So you look at ZipRecruiter, they, they announced a three to $5 billion public offering with resumes. What if all of a sudden with every single resume, there's a video associated with that? What if all of a sudden you had an opportunity to present who that person was in in one way, shape, or form? And so I'm not saying we're going to be the only person doing it, but teasing a bit to say is there's a big opportunity here is that what are the different ways that you're actually presenting qualified candidates to people and how can you leverage technology in ways that's not arbitrary facial recognition or not determine whether somebody's lying, but just true raw people? I think we're going to get very close in many different ways of of starting to crack that in some degree. So 
basically financial, I, I think there's gonna be a lot of consolidation in the industry that's gonna just cause change, which is exciting. I also think that the people that can start to actually present qualified candidates to people in high scale tech, I think are gonna start to disrupt the whole recruitment game. Those are really good points. And one that we've talked about is, is the marketplace, the ATS or the HRS being the central point of any recruitment tech, I think it's going to be critical. I think we've all realized as recruiters, we don't want to be working in multiple systems. If it can be directly integrated in the system that you're Amen. using every day, there's a massive advantage in the marketplace. So any HR tech, basically people that are listening, that's one of the things that I want to accentuate is get the marketplace, get involved with all the ATS marketplace, because that's where it's going to start. Matt, we've heard a lot from you. I think some really interesting topics. I hope that you're not going to get off this call and start crying. Shelly is really a, a really nice person. Shelly's kicking me under the table. I can just tell she doesn't like me. So yeah. I mean, oh, I Matt. Do, do you need a hug? <laughs> I need Matt, a hug. do you need I a hug? Need a hug. <laughs> oh. So where no, can no, we find is... you, Matt? So listeners listening, how can they get a hold of you? What's the best way to get a hold of you? LinkedIn is probably the best way to follow along. I'm pretty loud and obnoxious and active on that. You can follow me on uh, Instagram, which is Matthew C or Matt. Matt C. Baxter. And then I do have a podcast called The Matt Baxter Show. It's a pretty original name. So you can find that as well. And we'll get you guys on there as well, too. So either the podcast or the website is Wedge HR. And my email is just Matt at Wedge HR. So I'm relatively accessible. I and hope it's Matt with two T's. Matt with two T's. Not Max because it's Matt Baxter. It's Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I had to practice that a few times. Oh, my God. Matt, thank you for enduring me. Thank you for being on the show. I do appreciate it. And you did open my eyes on some really important things today. So thank you. Thank you so much. And sir, I, I, I respect the opinions and I get them. I, they're warranted. They're not just anti-tech. They're, they're valuable. And so thank you. I'm going to go talk to our CTO about some changes we should make. So Okay. <laughs> terrific. Thank you so much. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.